Welcome to Michigan Surgery Sessions, where we discuss the latest in clinical care, education, and surgery culture with faculty, residents, and medical students. Welcome. This is Michigan Surgery Sessions at the Michigan Medicine Department of Surgery in Ann Arbor. I'm your host, Gurjeet Sandhu. The field of surgery is a dynamic arena that continues to evolve based on illness, therapies, technologies, and the structure of training, to name a few. However, one area of change that is not frequently discussed is around surgeon identity, that of the individual and of the group. Here to help us learn more about surgeon identity is Dr. Laura Mazur. Dr. Mazur is a minimally invasive surgeon with Michigan Medicine. Her clinical practice focuses on benign foregut and abdominal wall reconstruction. She's passionate about medical education and her research focuses on improving clinical teaching and learning. Laura, welcome to Surgery Sessions. Thanks so much for having me. Also with us is Dr. Amy Swanable. Dr. Swanable is a colorectal surgeon at Michigan Medicine with a clinical practice at the Ann Arbor VA. Her research focuses on palliative and end-of-life care with older adults which encompasses compassion fatigue and burnout among surgeons. Her most recent work examines how surgeons experience and cope with post-operative complications. Amy, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gurjeet. I'm excited about participating today. Laura, could you help us set the stage for our listeners? What is identity? There's a lot of definitions of identity in, in the social science and psychology literature you know, kind of as an amalgamation of all the things that make you who you are, your experiences, your values, the roles that you play or that you see for yourself. But I think in terms of identity as a surgeon, and when we talk about identity in this space, the two things that are really important is distinguishing between personal identity and professional identity. And I spend a lot of my time thinking about the process of professional identity formation. So the process by which our students and our trainees kind of come into their own with their professional identity. Um, and I think identity really changes over the course of your training. Surgeon identity was something that felt like a role you had to play or something you had to gain access to. And you felt like your identity was something very personal and very individualized. And over the course of your career now as a surgeon looking back, my identity as a surgeon is so core and fundamental to who I am that I've, I've really done almost a 180. You know, I can remember as a student looking at the identity of surgeon as something I wasn't sure I could ever become, something I wasn't sure I could ever deserve. And I had a very clear vision of what that role looked like. So we spend a lot of time thinking about, you know, what what should our students be in order to gain that role? And I spent a lot of time worried that I didn't have those traits. And it's it's almost hard to to get back into that mindset now as a surgeon because so much of who I am is the last decade I've spent training to become a surgeon. And that's that professional identity component, that now my identity as surgeon is core to my personal identity of who I am. And so I think as we explore identity specifically in a professional, and in this case, a surgical space, really it's an interaction between your personal identity and your developing or developed professional identity as surgeon qua surgeon. That actually leads me to my question to Dr. Swanable. 
Amy, you've been doing a lot of qualitative interviews with surgeons. What have you learned about the surgeon identity? We have um, done a lot of qualitative interviews with both practicing surgeons and um, resident surgeons. What we have found is that the formation of surgeon identity uh, is quite complex and there's a lot of different factors that are involved with it. Um, I would definitely agree with Dr. Mazur saying that we have to distinguish between personal identity and you know professional um, occupational identity, but certainly there's overlap. And in a lot of cases, I think what happens is over time, people start to feel or believe that some of that professional or surgeon identity is becoming a core component of who they are. It's really difficult for me myself to distinguish myself between my personal identity and from being a surgeon. It's not that I see everything through the lens of being a surgeon, but it's really difficult for me to say, well, you know, I'm Amy and I'm, a, you know, I don't even know how to say who I am other than saying that I'm a surgeon. It really, it really bleeds into a lot of facets of my life. Some of the interviews that we've done with the surgeons across Michigan and across the country, when we first started asking them, you know, what made you want to be a, become a surgeon that really opened up their thoughts about how they felt like they were a surgeon, how they formed this um, surgeon identity. And some of it started in medical school when they start doing their, their surgical clerkships. And it really starts to develop during residency when they're surrounded by surgeons and mentors and people who they want to be like. I think you had asked, you know, what are the components of being, you know, a surgeon? Essentially, I think about it as, you know, how do they think like a surgeon? How do they act like a surgeon? And how do they feel like a surgeon? Laura, could you expand on that? What does it take to be a surgeon? Is this something that folks develop into? Or is there a particular characteristics or personality that draws one to this profession? Like anything, you know, there are certain characteristics or traits that make you more likely to thrive in a surgical field. I tend personally to take umbrage with most of the stereotypical ones. <laughs> I joke that I have a foolproof way of determining if medical students are going to go into surgery or not. Uh, and I tell them, picture yourself in a kitchen, you're cooking, and the person cooking with you is struggling to open a jar of sauce. And they're stronger than you, and they've opened more jars in their life, but they're having trouble getting the lid off. Put yourself in that perspective. Do you have to take the jar away from them? And I have never met a surgeon who doesn't respond with a visceral, I need to open the jar. And I've had many medical students who are like, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no interest in sealing a jar from someone who seems perfectly qualified to open it. And those people generally don't go into surgery. <laughs> and whether that means that we're all in love with trying to open things, trying to solve physical problems, or we're all control freaks. I don't know. So far, I've batted a thousand. I have 100% accuracy with that question. But it's sort of a joke. In, in kind of a more serious answer to, you know, are, are surgeons born or are they made? I think whatever you go into, it's a process. And speaking of identity, that's why it's a process of professional identity formation. The identity isn't something you come into the field with. It's something you gain through time in the field. Um, so you, you have to, you know, while there are certainly traits that will make you successful, there, there are tra those are traits that would make you successful at anything. So you, being hardworking, being dedicated, being caring, being very detail-oriented, uh, but all of those things would lead to success in any field. Um, and so I think it's, it's deciding to apply yourself and your unique skill set 
to surgery because it's something you love and something you value and it's an identity that you want to have. It's, it's who you want to be. But there are definitely certain traits that make it more likely that you will be satisfied with a career with a, with, you know, the certain elements of surgery, technical expertise, working with your hands, immediate kind of satisfaction, but also the potential for, for high costs and high risks. We understand identities are in part influenced by our environments. So how does the surgical environment impact one's identity? Amy, could you expand on that? You learn the behaviors um, in your environment, but they can be um, a not productive environment or a less supportive environment. Those that choose to do surgery, uh, there may be particular traits, I think, or things about an individual that they would choose to pursue a, a career in surgery. But I agree with uh, Dr. Mazur that it's certain traits that allow people to thrive and drive satisfaction, overall satisfaction with pursuing this career or continuing on with this career. The environment, I think, plays a huge role in that one in the development of this identity, one has to feel um, that this is a, a space that they feel safe and belong in, that they feel included in. When you have a space that you aren't able to thrive um, in that you're not being supported. I think it becomes a little bit more challenging, and I think that's what draws people away from the field of surgery. And so I think it's important that the setting is appropriate for each individual. You know, the culture of a, of a department or an institution is important, and um, the type of practice setting that you have, the relationships that you have in the work environment is important. I definitely agree with Dr. Sonnabal. The environment is super important. I think one element is just the people around you, you know, especially when you're trying to decide if surgery is the field for you. Um, you're, you're asking yourself the question, what is a surgeon? You know, what does it mean to be a surgeon? And the way you are most likely to answer that question is by the examples you have. Looking around and seeing a group of people who support each other and who call for help when they're in a tough case and who are welcoming and including, you know, that gives you a very different view of the identity of surgeon than if you're in a very hierarchical department where everybody's very aggressive and nobody's going to talk to you as the medical students. The, the examples you have of the, the people ahead of you in the profession are very key to helping you define what that professional identity means. You have people who you want to be like, right? That's how, that's how you end up picking surgery first. I mean, I remember there was a trauma surgeon who I really admired and um, I thought I was going to do family practice. I was like, I'm going to work with underserved populations. I'm going to be a family practice doctor. I did surgery as my first rotation because I just wanted it out of the way. And um, there was a there was a trauma surgeon that I really admired, and um, he saw that I was really enjoying the environment that I was working in. I felt like it fit with my personality type and what I wanted to achieve. I liked the high risk nature of it, and I liked also the immediate rewards. I kind of saw myself as, oh, this is somebody I could be like. And throughout my entire training period, I kept seeing these mentors. You know, oh, I want to be like this person, and you know, I came in thinking, okay, I'm going to do surgical surgical oncology. And what happened was, is that I had a bunch of colorectal mentors who I felt like I really wanted to be like these people. If you have people who are kind of bringing you along and saying, hey, this is what your life would be like, and you really admire these people and how they um, interact within their system and with their patients, I think that really helps. That inclusion, that bringing you along and having great mentors and sponsors really has 
has allowed me to feel like, yeah, I want to be a colorectal surgeon. What you've described challenges some of those stereotypes that we hear about surgeons and sort of how they orient themselves in the field. So thinking about that and thinking about your own experiences as a surgeon and as a researcher of surgeon identity, what changes have you noticed in the field? And Dr. Mazur, we'll start with you. The field is changing. I'm still very early in my career, but even looking back to to when I started residency, the things that were acceptable in the OR would get you fired today, you know, and sometimes I tell stories, which I'm not going to repeat on this podcast, and people think I'm kidding, because it just doesn't happen today. Like the, the culture has changed, what's acceptable has changed, the face of surgery has changed, who becomes a surgeon has changed. Um, and what it means to be a surgeon has changed too. You know, it's funny um, to Dr. Swanabal's point that you you think about the field because you see somebody you want to be like is is very true, but the converse is true as well. I've had a lot of incredible mentors and they've had a massive impact on who I am and where I am. But my very early experiences in surgery were a little different. Uh, I didn't think I was going to go into surgery. And so I traded with a friend for a rotation initially that nobody wanted to do because it was, it was rumored to be a fairly malignant rotation. Cause I was like, I'm not going into surgery anyway. It doesn't really matter. You go on the rotation where you get all the good letters. I'll just hang out and just work. And I was stunned to realize that I loved it. I still remember it was a distal pank spleen was my first open abdominal case. And I saw, I, I still remember because I'd read the anatomy textbook the night before and they had described the splenic artery on its tortuous course towards the spleen. And I was like, that's the weirdest description ever. And then we get into the abdomen and damned if it isn't on a tortuous course to the spleen. And I thought it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And they let me hold the spleen as it's coming out. And I was, I was done. I was in love. I thought the open abdomen was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. And I spent the four hours of that case getting screamed at. And so, and, and I spent most of the month getting screamed at, you know, back in those days, we were in the hospital at three, we left at 10. I was exhausted. My residents were so angry because they were exhausted. And so I was really conflicted because I loved the field and was very scared that if I went into it, it meant that was who I had to be. And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out if I could carve my own identity in a field that demanded something I didn't think was in me and didn't really want to develop. It's a challenge. Uh, and, and it wasn't until I started doing, I did some additional rotations in surgery and met some incredible people who were a very different vision of surgeon and who were, you know, scholars and, and gentlemen and just all around wonderful human beings. And so reassured me that you could be a good person and a surgeon. Um, but I think that stereotype of the surgeon as, you know, I, I don't know a PG way of saying it in the operating room uh, is changing and it's less and less acceptable. It's just not the dominant personality type anymore. It's not the dominant identity anymore. Um, and that's being driven just by different people getting into the field, but it's, it's both bottom up and it's top down. Different personality types are coming in and the leadership aren't tolerating it anymore, in part because of, frankly, research that shows it's not just bad for us, it's bad for our patients. 
So aggressive and disruptive personalities in the operating room have worse outcomes. Dr. Swanable, I'd love to hear from you on, on the changing field and how that affects surgeon identity. Things are changing. The face of surgery is changing. There are much more women coming into surgery and realizing that there is a path. Um, I think a lot of people um, get turned off by the idea of surgery because there is there are stereotypes within society about what being a surgeon means. And I had those I had believed those same stereotypes until I started doing my surgery rotations. And maybe I came I'm spoiled and I came from a place that there were very few malignant personalities. Every single person almost that I met with, I admired in some way. Um, and I thought it was such a positive experience. This is my crew. These are the people I do want to be like. You'd hear stories about, you know, surgeons throwing scalpels in the operating room or instruments in the operating room or demonstrating abusive behavior. Um, but when I was in my training, I rarely saw that. But I do think overall, um, people are starting to recognize that those behaviors are unacceptable, that that's not a good learning environment or training environment, and it's definitely not good for patient care because it distracts from what's important, which is that patient on the operating room table or in the post-op area or when you're in the pre-op clinic making decisions about whether or not to proceed with surgery. There's definitely much more of a focus about a more balanced life. We're not living in the hospital for 120 hours a week anymore. We are now recognizing that our wellness is important for patient care as well. So I think that there's definitely more of a push for us to be better in terms of recognizing that you can only um, provide as good of care as you are providing for yourself. As a medical student, one of our uh, instructors said, there's no way that you can fill another person's vessel if you had not filled your own. In other words, you know, put your own oxygen mask on before you put on others. There's just no way that we can that we can provide good, compassionate care to others if we're not compassionate to ourselves and to our you know fellow surgeons and the people that we work with. It sounds to me that there's still sort of this incomplete understanding of the surgeon identity. Uh, and as a, an education researcher, I often run up against that when I share with my colleagues that I, I work with surgeons and they invariably say, oh my, what's that like? You know, with a very negative connotation. And I have to be honest, I get a lot of yeses when I ask people to collaborate. I get a lot of yeses when I ask people to think about education research and think outside the box. And I think that uh, those old stereotypes have continued to linger while the actual identity of the surgeon has changed considerably. One area that I've seen change is this greater focus on the complete identity, wellness, the whole surgeon in the hospital and outside of the hospital. Dr. Mays, I'd love for you to pick up on that. Tell me a little bit more about how wellness features uh, into the surgeon identity. You were saying that you, <laughs> you kind of get... Uh shutters when you tell people you work with surgeons. I was just going to comment on that briefly. We're a group of people who've trained a long time to gain entry into this world. And I think we do take a lot of pride in that identity. I know I do. Um, I take a lot of pride in what it took to get here. <laughs> we're kind of proud of some of those character traits, right? We like to look at ourselves and say, yeah, we're, we're stereotypical surgeons. You know, we get things done. We work faster than most people. We're willing to work harder. There's a way in which that's good. And especially I see it in the residents and, and there's, there's a way in which I love it because it's, it's them owning the really wonderful traits that have led them to succeed in a tough environment. 
part of what's led to a transition in the identity or, or what I hope to continue seeing is being able to continue to have pride in those elements while shedding some of the least, the less useful ones. Um, and so the transition that I'm, I'm seeing, which I think is really great, is, is being able to bring in more elements of our personal identity of who we are, because that, that surgeon identity isn't a cookie cutter anymore, right? You are a mom or a dad or a marathon runner. You're a, a poet or an artist. You're a nice person who likes cats and holds your patient's hand, but you still take pride in being that no-nonsense, you know, hammerhead, willing to work hard and long and as much as possible and get things done surgeon. That's the interesting kind of progress that I'm seeing now is, is being able to hold to the positives of our identity in our field while still incorporating a more diverse kind of personal identity. I think it's a super important for us to make sure that we don't forget what brought us to where we are today, whether or not you're a surgeon. Appreciating you know, what we call individual differences um, or diversity is important because we all bring different experiences to the table, which is beneficial. I think there is a way of having this, just like what Dr. Mazur was saying, um, holding on to some aspects of the surgeon identity, the de decisiveness, the certainty, the um, confidence and being able to operate on your patients, the willingness to accept a poor outcome, the ability to recover from having poor outcomes. I think all of those things are necessary in order to, th to thrive in the field of surgery. But I also think that it's important that we celebrate the fact that we are not all the same. We come from a bunch of different backgrounds and training, and I think it enhances each other in our work. What I'm hearing from both of you is the inclusion of cognitive diversity, uh, experiential diversity, um, and all of the other ways that we think about differences and diversity into the surgeon identity. It's no longer just sort of this homogenous um, set of characteristics. So that's really encouraging for medical students. What advice would you give a medical student considering going into surgery? Dr. Mazur, I'll turn that to you. There's a couple of things I would say to somebody considering surgery, and, and none of them are the things that were said to me when I first started saying I was interested in this field. The first thing I'll say is it's the best job in the world. Uh, and and if, if Gurjeet has me back, I'll talk for an hour about why. It's the best job and the best field and the best thing you can imagine. But it's not for everyone. And so I guess the, the two pieces of advice I would give, the first is you got to do it for you. And you got to continually reconfirm that you're doing it for you. It can't be because you want to fit into the shoes or the role of surgeon as somebody has described it to you. You have to kind of decide that the field and the work is something you love. Uh, and that's something that you're continually deciding as you go through. I told that story of falling in love with the OR as though it's a one and done. It's, you know, love at first sight, but it's, it's not really just like a relationship is not love at first sight. You're continually working on your relationship with your career and figuring out if it still works for you and it's still what you want to do. The last thing I'll say, just how do you do that is stay introspective. I tell all my medical students to journal. Your third and fourth year of med school are so overwhelming. 
cognitively, emotionally, psychologically, that you can't remember what affected you and in what way. And so you got to keep a record for yourself so you can continually look back and say, yeah, that was the rotation where I was happiest. That was where I felt the most satisfied. I loved going in in the morning. And even though I was there for 14 hours and exhausted at the end of the day, I was ready to go back the next day. This is an amazing field if it's what you want. Dr. Swanable, what advice would you give medical students considering a career in surgery? I love my job. I think it's a huge privilege to be able to um, care for and operate on individuals. I am just as passionate about my job the first day that I walked into the operating room and passed out with an orthopedic surgery procedure until now. I absolutely love my job. There's so much joy in being an academic surgeon and being able to be a role model and a mentor to the medical students and residents and to have an impact on my veteran patients' lives and their families. It's a true privilege. I tell all my medical students who are interested in it, we all have the capacity to be surgeons. It's not like we have some special superpower that you don't have the skills to be a surgeon. We all have the ability to be surgeons. And it's just a matter of whether or not you're going to thrive in this environment. The thing that I tell students, though, is it's hard. There's a lot of different challenges that are unique to being a surgeon. And so if there is something else that you think you could be happy with, then, you know, maybe surgery isn't the thing for you. But if you know that nothing is going to make you happier than being a surgeon, then that's what you should pursue. And you should put all your efforts into doing this. If you decide you don't want to be a surgeon anymore, that's fine. We don't like having attrition in surgery, but it's also not something that you feel like, oh, I signed away my life contract and now I have to be a surgeon for the rest of my life. I know plenty of people who realized later on, this isn't really what I want to do. And that's okay. The other thing I would like to say is that there's not one phenotype for being a surgeon, right? There are a lot of different people who are doing a lot of different things. And I'm studying something that's not super common. Now it's becoming more and more people are studying palliative care and surgery. But at the time that I was doing this, there were very few people who were studying this. What this department has allowed me to do, this institution has allowed me to do is take my passion and run with it. They gave me the resources and the support to say, you know what, we think that this is valuable and we think that you should study this. We're not all the triple threat. We all have different skills and things that we can bring that are valuable to, to our institutions. One of the big things frequently because my husband is a surgeon is how do you do it as a dual career? And can you be a mom or a parent in, in surgery? And I would say yes and yes. Some of my best role models and my more supportive people are people who are in dual professions who are parents in surgery. And my friends, you know, my friends and colleagues who do it, they, and they do an incredible job and they're incredibly happy. Thank you for helping us better understand the dynamic and diversity of surgeon identity. That's Dr. Laura Mazur, minimally invasive surgeon with Michigan Medicine, Laura, thank you for being with us. Thank you, Gurjeet. And Dr. Amy Swanable, colorectal surgeon with Michigan Medicine. Amy, thank you for being with us as well. Thanks so much for having me. This was very fun. You've been listening to Michigan Surgery Sessions, and I'm Gurjeet Sandhu. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Michigan Surgery Sessions podcast. To learn more about the Department of Surgery at Michigan Medicine, our people, and our programs, and to find more podcasts, visit our website at medicine.umich.edu slash dept slash surgery.